Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, that we can, as a church family here gathered tonight, just lift up our praises and our prayers. And we thank you that you hear us. We thank you that you care deeply. We thank you for the cross and for our righteousness in Christ as we've sung. And so, Lord, we just pray for our time tonight. Lord, may it be an encouragement. And may we together um, uh, help each other as we uh, walk through this journey, as we seek to know you better and understand your word better, uh, Lord, that together we would be able to do this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So just a little experiment since we have the board still up here. I'm going to say red, definitely no. Black, maybe, but blue seems to be predominant, and yet all three really don't hit the mark, do they? <laughs> Anyone else need a pair of these that uh, you could see? Before we jump into a few of the names of God, we're going to look at some of these names that come to us from the Old Testament that represent, that uh, demonstrate the character and the nature of God. It is interesting that through Scripture, God doesn't just give us one name, one view of who He is, but uh, He reveals Himself to us uh, in a number of names. And if you look through them, it seems to be at a time where it is needed in the way it's presented uh, to help Right to either encourage or to draw attention to uh, some particular situation, circumstance that either someone's going through or that they need to know about God. And so these names that we're going to look at uh, really define and give us a, a kind of a, a broader picture of who God is. And uh, I find that very fascinating because God is a God that... A, in my opinion, and we can talk about that at some point, but I think for all eternity, we will still continue to discover about uh, more and more about God. Uh, I think some have the picture when we enter into His glory, we're going to be revealed and know in, in all things, but we're not God and we will never be God, but I believe we will continue through all eternity discovering more and more about who God is and His nature and character, and uh, I believe it will continue to, to grow throughout all eternity. I don't think, in my opinion, that we ever arrive, even then, in our understanding. Uh, we obviously are going to be changed uh, from the frail, sinful nature that we have now and flawed uh, to a, a new nature, which is awesome. We're looking forward to that. Uh, before we jump in, uh, you, there are many of you who uh, have a wealth of Bible knowledge and understanding and there are some that come maybe with questions that are kind of on your mind when we talk about the names of God. We want to uh, kind of work together. This will be kind of more your interactive part. And then we'll jump into looking and uh, diving into a few of the names tonight and maybe a few next week or the following week that we gather. Uh, so your understanding or something maybe that's impressed you or you've uh, kind of studied or even a question that kind of comes to mind when we're talking about the names of God that you uh, would like to share uh, tonight before we kind of jump in. Yeah, I will. You bet. We'll, we'll get to that in a... Jehovah Jireh, my provider. 
Excellent. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I will read them out for you because those are the names we're going to jump in. Exactly. We're going to get into it. So that would be a question, right? Understanding the names of God sometimes becomes, well, that's a little challenging. My favorite verse, really, Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and are safe. So any name of the Lord is a strong tower. And no matter what we're going through, there is a name of God that speaks to our situation. Um, I guess I hadn't considered uh, the song we sang tonight, Cornerstone. Um, When you're building a structure, you start in the time. You start with a cornerstone, and everything went out from that. and, And everything of all creation goes out from Christ. He's the cornerstone. I know some of you know some more names of God that you could share. There was one I came across a while ago when we were in Ezekiel. And it's the very last verse of Ezekiel, which talks about the millennial reign. And it says, uh, The city shall be, and it gives the measurements, and the name of the city from that day shall be, The Lord is there, Jehovah Sid Canoe. So he'll be there forever. Sid Canoe. Starts with a T. <laughs> Sid Canoe. Sit in a canoe, yeah, that, that's a good way. Uh, or it could be Todd, sit in a canoe, T, and then... Yes, the T is silent. I don't know if this really goes with it or not, but I was at a concert, um, and they were talking about the names of God, and they talked about Yahweh and how the original way they said it was almost like an inhale and an exhale, so a Yahweh. That's not exactly how they said it, but... Um, and it just talks about how, like, even just us being um, alive and breathing, a creation that God has made, us breathing is us praising God, so we can't help but praise him. It's kind of his take on it. Sure. A very familiar one that we all know, but it is packed with significance, simply the Lamb of God. That's okay. It's the, it's the best way to do interaction, though, with a mic, because then we right. can all hear, right? Another so. one that comes to mind is Elroy, the God who sees, and that's so comforting. He sees. He knows everything. So just to help us understand as we kind of move forward, uh, the Old Testament's in the Hebrew, and what you have found there are the names, when we talk about them as as we pronunciate them, that's where they're derived from, and we're getting the interpretation of that, what it means, and uh, that helps us understand the significance and the meaning of those names, and that's why it looks a little confusing. So for, for some of us this morning, what, or this evening, what we're going to do, so you can't see, is Elohim, right, L, E-L, and then Yahweh, but this is how it's pronounced, or how it was spelt, right, it's Y-H-W-H. Uh, we've uh, kind of uh, transliterated it into Yahweh, right? So Y-A-H-E-H, right? So that, so that we could, uh, I guess, communicate that in a better understanding because when you look at that, and thus you're 
I guess. I'm <laughs> breathing in and breathing out. There's no real uh, way of pronouncing uh, that in that sense. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with Elohim. Um, any reason why we would start with Elohim? Genesis 1.1. So when we read in our Bibles, right, if you turn to Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, when God, that's in our translation, created the heavens and the earth, right, the original language would say, when Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And so we've uh, given that designation as God, but the word used is Elohim. Elohim is a word that reflects the sovereignty and the absolute power of God. Right? He's the God that created the heavens and the earth. He is the Almighty. He's the ruler of all. He's omnipotent. All of these can be derived from uh, this word, and then it is found throughout the entire Scriptures. Someone has said it's over 2,300 times that this word is used and found in our Bible. In this instance, and for those that have studied Genesis, you may uh, you know, remember that it's in the plural. right? So we find that the Trinity is involved in this. So you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all involved in the creative work of creating the heavens and the earth. And uh, so God is, uh, Elohim is found in the plural form. The root word in the Hebrew means strength or power, as we mentioned. And it's uh, the usual, unusual, sorry, characteristic of being plural. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So right from the start, right, the plural form of the name of God is used to describe the one God. So again, why we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is because God is three, but God is one. So all those work together. Our human mind may not wrap around that completely and fully. Uh, yet, that is what our Bible clearly teaches. God is one, and yet He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's a mystery that is uncovered throughout the rest of the Bible. Through Scripture, Elohim is combined with other words to describe certain characteristics of God. And we mentioned some tonight. You have God of the beginning. You have God of justice. I won't go through what each of those Hebrew names are, but that's the, this is the description. God of forgiveness. The God of heights. And what you would do is you would put Elohim with the Hebrew word, right? And this is what we uncover. God who is near was mentioned. The God of my strength. The God of my praise. The God of my salvation. The holy God the living God, and Elohoi, Elohim, which is God of gods. So you many times throughout Scripture have the two put together. Elohim could be also Elohe, uh, depending on the description there. El, which is just the abbreviated form, is another name used for God. In the Bible, it shows up over 200 times in the Old Testament. And El is a simple form of that arises from Elohim and is often combined with other words, again, to give it its full description and meaning. There are many times throughout it's called the faithful God, the great God, the holy God, the God of Israel, 
right? The God of the heavens, the God of knowledge, the God of truth, the God of my salvation, the Most High God. God is with us. That would be, which would part of L is in there. Emmanuel, right? So L at the end at that point. And that is uh, another a name and uses of God. God is with us. The God of eternity. The one God. And then Allah, which is another name, which is used 70 times in combination again with other words. And it could be God of Jerusalem, God of Israel. And it could be the God of the heavens. God of heaven and earth. So kind of all three of those similar in their being derived from, right? Elohim. Um, but they are to give us a picture, a description, help us kind of understand a bit about the nature and character of God and also for God in our situation. Right? And so I think that those things uh, are encouraging for us. Here's our four letters, which is Yahweh, most preview, uh, pronounce it that way. Genesis 2.4 These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. So Yahweh is found in the Hebrew Bible and it holds particular significance to the Jewish tradition. I thought maybe someone would mention, but... What is the Hebrew tradition? Why is it so significant? And maybe what is the ramifications of it? Why, what, help, what happens because they hold it so significantly? They were not to use the Lord's name in vain, so they started not to use it at all, uh, just in case. And some suggest that maybe today in a modern church where we're flippantly talking about God, we're using his name in vain. Uh, so they stopped using it. And uh, when I was younger, it was Jehovah, because nobody really knew what the name was. Um, I guess it was uh, used enough that the Jehovah's Witnesses got the wrong name. But uh, Yahweh was the proper spelling as far as we know right now. And um, yeah, so it's, uh, um, and it's also interesting that when they translated the Hebrew into Greek, the Septuagint, uh, they had a problem with uh, what was the name they were going to put there. And what they did was they put a symbol down, Pi, Iota, Pi, Iota, capitalized. And that was what uh, Yahweh was in the Septuagint. So they didn't want to use God's name in vain. Very good. So they revered it so much, so highly, and did not want to offend God, did not want to cross those lines, so much so that they would not even utter it. They wouldn't even use it in their conversations uh, or say the word. And so it's, there is a little bit of vagueness in a sense of trying to understand. Like we could say Yahweh or Jehovah 
However, we truly do not know uh, what it was or how it was spelt or what they would have said because in the past they ceased to use it and uh, it was long enough ago that we uh, don't have an understanding. So we've kind of passed that on down here. We call it Yahweh, but this is the four uh, letter that we get out of this. It is the holiest of names according to the Jewish tradition. Never to be spoken out loud. It is derived from the Hebrew word, I am. Okay, and so now does that trigger some of the references maybe that, or usage of God as I am? Right, what's the most familiar that usually comes to mind? Exodus 3, which is talking about the burning bush, right? So God appears to Moses with the burning bush uh, in the desert. He's going to commission Moses for the task that he's called him to do. And uh, that's the name he uses. I am. And uh, so that's where we get kind of this Yahweh, the Lord, the God, the Lord, the Lord God uh, scenario uh, as we find here. So God first revealed his covenant name to humans. Right? Moses specifically, as we said in Exodus chapter 3, 14 to 15, when Moses was commanded to tell the Israelites the name of the one who had sent him to lead God's people out of Egypt. Who do I tell has sent me? Who do I tell the people? And God gives him that name, I am, as the name that he is to tell them. On recognizing the ultimate power, the ultimate authority, Behind the name Yahweh, the Israelites would know immediately that Moses had the blessings and the strength of God behind him. Right? So in communicating this to his people, they would automatically have an understanding of who is communicating this and that God was behind Moses. The spelling of Yahweh is modern. Right? It is as it involves vowels to aid the pronunciation but it is, does anyone know the word that I probably am going to not be able to say? A four-letter word is a tetragrammation. Tetragrammation, close enough. Oh, we have, we have somebody who's linguistic, are they not? Somewhere here. Is that the proper, a four-letter word that is like kind of used as a description of some or someone, a tetragrammation, I believe it's called. I can. Can you see it if I spell it? Uh, Yes, sorry, tetragrammaton, you're right. I'm just testing, yes. But this is for your use right here. And you won't be able to see it, so I don't know if it matters. But T R R T E T R A. Yep, grammaton. Tetra grammaton. How's that? We got it. Good. This was just a little bit of charades to figure out the name. So that describes the fact that it's a Hebrew word that's four letters to describe uh, the name of God. It's a transliteration that we use, but the four letters, that's the term for the four letters uh, that is used. 
four letters are YH, YH. Right? And so that, my understanding is, and I'm not uh, any scholarly mind as far as all of this, but my understanding is this is what we have from the past that we're familiar with. We're just not uh, knowing for sure how it was said, how it was pronounced, right? But we do know that this is the letters that were used, but again, because of the nature of it being such a, a holy name not used, we have little understanding of where, what that was uh, involved in. All right, so uh, another word used for Lord, similar to what we use as Jehovah or Yahweh, is Adonai uh, to describe that A. And it's sometimes used as a substitute for this four-letter uh, word. So as a consequence, our English translations in the early English of the Bible have amalgamated the two words of Adonai and, Jeho- and Yahweh into Jehovah. So some will Jehovah, sometimes it's going to be Adonai, and other times it'll be Yahweh when you read it in the English language today. It becomes a little bit more confusing that way, but the Lord God gave us this uh, in the Revelation, and here we go, John eight fifty six to 59 Jesus presents Himself. So not only did Moses get this communication from God to tell them, I am, we understand Jesus as being the very nature of God. And one of the sources we go to is John 8, 56-59. Jesus presents Himself as the I am. When challenged by the Jewish leaders regarding His claim about seeing Abraham who would have lived some 2,000 years prior to Jesus at that time. And uh, he was challenged, and he claimed to see Jesus, and they, they, they just baffled them. But Jesus replied, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Using those same uh, letters. Those Jewish leaders understood that Jesus was claiming to be the very Yahweh God. Right? It's clearly established because their response was, we don't have them here anymore, but they were ready to stone him. Because his claim was, and no one claims to be God Almighty. And so in fact, what Jesus was claiming to be, was to be very God. They clearly wanted to stone him for blasphemy. Romans 10.9, Paul declares, if you confess with your mouth, Yeshua, or Jesus as Lord, you shall be saved. Immediately thereafter in 10.13, Paul backs up this declaration by quoting the Old Testament. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord, those letters, will be saved. In fact, Paul again is confirming the fact that Yeshua himself is God. Jesus as Lord is the same as calling Him right, Yahweh. Because Jesus as Lord is Yahweh, the Messiah, the foretold one in the entire Old Testament. Thoughts, comments? What do you Additions you can add? For sure. I just was in Exodus, especially chapter 3 this past few days. 
And I learned that, uh, looking in verse 4, 3, 4 says, When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him. So Moses heard the Lord. No, what is it? The Lord saw. So there's Messiah right there. And then God called to him. And he wanted him to say to the people, you know, I am. But he included, I am the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. Because he wanted to make sure that the people knew that Moses was referring back when the elders went to speak to the people. And it was just everything you talked about there. It's really a cool verse of what's going on in there. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And the uh, magnificence of that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is all present tense. Uh, not I was, I am. It's all present tense for them and for us. And again, the significance, just so we're all kind of brought up to speed, is that uh, we know that God made that covenant with Abraham and his children, their children. It's an everlasting covenant, and so they knew that very well. That was passed down and passed along to them, and they recognized that uh, God of their ancestor, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's what made it very significant to them. They had an understanding of what that meant. And uh, so that communication was, as we've mentioned, so very, very important to, to them. We are going to stop on three. We are going to get into a few of the Jehovah and uh, what Jehovah has some extensions to it in specific situations that are very, very encouraging to situations that we may face as well. So I believe that they, uh, that name of God and that situation can transfer to sometimes situations we face as well. And so recognizing the God as a banner, or the God that heals, the God of peace, etc., uh, will uh, be an encouragement possibly to us in our own situations and circumstances because God's the same God. Right? He's the same God that yesterday, today, and forever. And so understanding his names can really be a, a help and encouragement to each one of us. Heavenly Father, thank you for revealing to us parts of your nature and your character. Lord, we do not have uh, in our human limitation the full scope of understanding because you are God and we're not. But Lord, we want to continue to discover to uncover, to get to know and understand more and more of who you are as, a, as the Almighty God. You are the creator and the sustainer. You are the Elohim, and yet you are the God who cares. You're the God who acts. You're the God that uh, helps. You're the God that interacts with us at our human level, and we are so thankful for that. And uh, we just give you praise and glory for who you are. And uh, even as was mentioned, I, yeah, we want to be careful to revere your name. And maybe it was taken to an extreme by the Jewish people, but the intent to not offend you or to 
belittle you is of vital importance because you are so supreme to us, so far above, and yet your compassion, love, and mercy comes to us, finds us, saves us, rescues us, and we're just so thankful for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen.